The Chicago Bears have completed the NFL draft, and now apparently uh, Ryan Poles doesn't like his quarterback because that is the scuttlebutt. That is the word around the water coolers around the NFL of everybody acting like, oh, they didn't do enough to help Justin Fields. Like, I don't know. Uh, I feel personally drafting a complete football team that will go out and win in all three phases is probably better than going out and, and drafting a bunch of second round wide receivers just because you think that fills a need and all that good stuff. But anyways, we're going to have a great show tonight. And Sammy, I'm ready to go. Let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It's time for Take It to the Rank. We're going to be answering all of your questions. Berlissimo, sorry we didn't get the show started quite on time, but it's going to be well worth it because, you know what, let's just bring him on right now. It is it is our guy, Draft Dr. Phil from the Tate Never Lies Network. And uh, listen, Phil, how you how you living? I'm living large. I'm living large right now because I'm living in boxes and yes. moving and I'm living, I'm I'm not in my studio like you, Rank. Right. I'm, this is so a, tr- it's a it's a transitional period for you. Yes. You've, you've moved to states. <laughs> you've moved to a different part of Connecticut. I There's have. a lot of stuff going on, like you're discombobulated. And then you got to sit here. You guys, listen, you, and you guys crush it over the, uh, the, the, fan, oh, uh, you, over, the over the draft weekend. It was a lot of fun. Spent a lot of time watching you guys. Kind of lurked a little bit. I, I was with my kids. You were phenomenal. I had a, a low-key watch. Uh, we did, we did, I did join you for a bit on Friday night. Yeah. I am just, I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm not surprised. But people, it feels like, I don't know if, if people who cover football have just stopped losing nuance. Mm-hmm. And now everybody, everybody expects Every second-year quarterback should be in the Super Bowl. Was it? Is it the Joe Burrow effect? Like every second-year quarterback needs to be in the Super Bowl. Otherwise, they're wasting his. They're wasting his career. There's it's it's a it's it's ridiculous. I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you because I was on your show. But let's tell the fans here. I yes. I've been I've been very open. I'm like I think like listen. I w- I wanted to go two wide receivers. I'm a I'm a little bit of a rube. I just wanted to go that way. But I, once Ryan Poles went out there and executed his plan, I'm like, all right, I'm in, yeah. uh, I'm in all about it. You, you, you were the voice with me there on our show. And I thank you so much for, you know, being a part of the family, man, everybody, all the fans realize that you and I have a special bond and I, I never have a script or anything, but I will say this when it comes to people that, that I respect um, you're up there on the top ring because you're just an amazing human being. And we had a lot of fun because the unity that is sensible sensibility. Yeah. And I respect the fact that you're not, you know, afraid to sh- showcase your fanatical <laughs> radical Chicago bears fandom and, for me to have you on the show that night again, transitioning to what the new era Chicago Bears because it was just a, it was just a lot of fun and obviously the fans know your fans know what kind of person you are and the integrity that you carry yourself with is first class first class rank wow. but. <laughs> But as far as this is concerned, me and you are step for step, you know? Yeah. I was right in there. I'm looking Alec Pierce in my, you know, scope. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the Chicago Bears needs as an offensive guard and that wide receiver. And this is what we're going to do. But in the reality of things, you know, my father said it best. And he's still upset because he's like, well, I, I got to say hi to Adam one time. He came for on sure. the on Saturday 
and joined us and he's we'll and do it we'll do a saturday show soon i will yes. i will make sure i carve out some time to do a saturday show for sure for, for no perfect. doubt but he he said it best you know if you get corners and you get yeah. people in your secondary when you're on this level of football you're going to be able to allow your defense to do things that you aren't able to do. And when you looked at the Chicago Bears, and I know this is a family show, so I won't quote my father. You can. It's a fun. Nello has a beep button. But Listen, Sammy, right with we'll, we'll cover Sammy's ears <laughs> right now. <laughs> he said the Chicago Bears secondary last season, you could tell, and he broke it down with all of us on the network, they were – not tough. They were soft in the secondary. So if you have your coaches there and you have your new GM and you're looking at the culture of a football team, yeah. see the narrative for the, I call it the Mina Kimes effect for lack of a better, because it's not names on the ledger. It's like, it's, it's a new era for the Chicago bears. And when you look at the draft, uh, a uh, friend of the network also, uh, Matt Waldman, said big draft, yeah. meaning yeah. the names. But here the Chicago Bears identified uh, Gordon, Kyler Gordon, and they identified yeah. one of my favorite players. And I, I apologize to our fans because I was like, I was exhausted from broadcasting for 30 hours. Uh, at that point, it was like 24 or whatever it was. And I was like, I didn't get that Tevin Jenkins emotion but i am such a big fan of brisker because i know what he's going to do for this football team on the back end which eddie and gibson and everybody else couldn't do and he brings athleticism that mike brown uh football acumen that just be in the right place and then forget about it as we would say on the east coast the tackling in the alley as a strong safety. This kid is going to make plays and he's going to set the tone. He's one of those pillar pieces on the back end. If you're strong down the middle of your defense, the Mm -hmm. Chicago Bears are helping Justin Fields by getting to third down and having people in the right places so you can get the ball back. That is just as good as a turnover. And by the way, I know the smartest man, and I talked on the phone, Shane, today. Adam, I like Gordon better than I like Jalen Johnson. Oh, I don't, I don't hate, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. I was talking about him when I did my mock draft with the twist. Mm -hmm. I thought that Kyler Gordon could move into the first round, and I said, you know, and as I was doing it, because I, I would, I do not offer predictions, I offer suggestions, and I said that (laughs) no, but it's it's a cop out. But it's a cop out, you know. And you know what's funny? It's Connor Orr does the same sort of article. I'm like, did you do that with us? And I copied your thing or whatever. But Connor's a friend. But I will say this: I like I like Kyler Gordon. I actually liked uh, when I was on when I was doing the show on Thursday. Uh, mm-hmm. I had said Andy Booth was a guy that I wouldn't mind going after. Obviously, he goes to Minnesota, so hopefully, I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> I I'll be honest with you, Brisker was somebody that I needed to familiarize myself with a little bit more. And the more mm-hmm. that I watch it, the more that I love it. And to me, it kind of, it kind of looks like uh, he plays like how we think that Eddie Jackson should play, like exactly. how we want Eddie Jackson to play, exactly. especially after that first year. I love the Mike Brown. I don't think enough people love Mike Brown. Like, I don't think right. Mike Brown, I don't think he gets identified enough as like, when we talk about players that, you know, didn't fulfill their, destiny so to speak because of injury or something like that i'm like mike brown is really one of those guys that i thought like any any year in the lovey smith era where we were good mike brown was healthy and good like that was was always that that in football intangible that can't be put in a analytical uh bears nerd chat or, Mm. or or equation or algorithm mike brown had it he's just a football player putting himself in the right place and studying a lot of tape and being in the right place, but always being sound physically. And with those form tackles, he was just an amazing football player. And to your point, I mean, 
that season where obviously I think everybody remembers the back-to-back weeks of miracle turnovers to win games. Yeah. Mike Brown on Terrell Owens, he catches the tip ball, runs that into then the next week against Tim a, Couch. The Browns, yeah, yeah. Brian Robinson bats the ball up in the air. Mike Brown runs underneath, goes into the that's this, not a that's but that's not a fluke. That's exactly. knowing where to be on a football field. Knowing exactly the moment, knowing where to be. Now I'm going to tell you this: the difference between Brisker and Brown is about six inches. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. kid huge. He looks like a linebacker out there. Number one. I hope he wears number one for the Chicago Bears. Um, wait, that will hold, be wait, wait, epic. He, wait. He he can't. Somebody else wears. Number oh yeah, one. that's right. I'm sorry. Summer. Phil, Phil some somebody else. Don't say that on the tape. Never lies. Please don't say that. Please, please don't say. It. And the same thing goes like somebody. Did a, somebody else did a uh, a jersey swap with Velas Jones wearing number one. You're like, guys, guys, stop. We have we have a number one already. I know, Barelissimo. It was a joke, dude. <laughs> Oh, oh I, this is why birthday. I don't. This is why I don't read the comments during the show. I let Sammy exactly. put them up. I didn't, and listen. We'll get to some of your questions because we have a lot. I do have a couple of things I want to express. Yeah, uh, and maybe we'll cover some of your questions here. Number one, I want. Oh God, this is a two-parter. Here's what I want to say. Anybody who has been talking s over the last couple of days that the Bears didn't do enough. What I would like to see for a change. Tell me what your plan would have been. Like, tell me what your plan would have been. If you would have been like, we, uh, you should have drafted a receiver. We drafted one. We like, did. I, we did. We did. I mean, I'm sorry if it wasn't the guy that you were thinking of, but we drafted one. And if it comes down to dude on the internet or the guy who is designing this offense and studying the film, no okay. disrespect to you. And you might get this right, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with them. And it And it feels like, again, Somebody, I wish I remember who it was because it was either on one of our shows or it was on Twitter. Somebody had asked me a couple of weeks ago about Velas Jones. And I said that I personally was like, I really liked him because I thought, you know, he was a USC guy. He played high school out here. Some God, where did he play? But I go, yeah, I go like he's a, I, I looked at him as kind of a special teamer, but I'm like, he played pretty well. I didn't see enough of him at Tennessee until recently. I don't know. Like now I'm looking at it. I'm like, they drafted a receiver. Like what, what more they drafted? What eight linemen? Like what yeah. more, what, what, what is it? Well, that how do you help a quarterback? How do you help a quarterback? You protect them. That's number yeah. one. And this isn't like, I'm ad- admitting my truth. Just like Adam, I was hoping for uh, Alec Pierce or Traylon Burks, God willing yeah. fall. I, I just felt those guys. But when you look at Velas Jones tape, and I always go back to me watching with Chris Zorich, uh, the former Chicago Bear, Tennessee versus Alabama. And Velas Jones is the one bulldog, even though he's a volunteer, but bulldog (laughs) in the analogy, fighting against the five-star roster over on the other side. There's a heavyweight bout and when you play Alabama, you decide who you are on tape, a man or a mouse. Are you going to step up to the challenge? Village Jones is one of these guys that can't – it can't be highlighted anymore. I know he's older, and I think that knocked him down the draft Nick board. But when you watch what Ryan Poles and Luke Getze, and the fact that Poles told us that him and Justin sat down together yeah. And watched these receivers, including Velas Jones, Velas Jones, and Bayless. said, "I'm saying, wow, wow, this kid plays like an angry animal." And I have not seen that kind of ability. People were DMing me, "Is it quarter? Is it Cordero Patterson?" I go, "No, this kid has better hands." Yeah, you know the return game, the return ability. You know, there's a certain level of fearlessness and body contact that a football player showcases on tape, Adam, for me, and this kid has a a 10 rating. So when he catches the football, he's 
David Montgomery's a 10 rating. So that could give you a comparison. Yeah. He's going to attack anybody who's trying to tackle him. And he, this kid's a sneaky pick that I think a lot of Bears fans are going to come back to and say, wow, we got this guy. We've seen this all the time yeah. uh, in the NFL. And if you look at it, the polls comp was my comp with Traylon Burks, Debo Samuel Light. And if yeah. you get that, I think the Chicago, I think they're telling you what they want in their offense here. And I think they did a good job identifying. I had a first round grade on Brisker and Kyler Gordon. That never mm-hmm. changed. My identified of what I thought the Chicago Bears needed changed, but yeah. they stayed well, once, with their board, right? Well, once the receivers started falling off the board, right? Like, what do you do? Like, okay, I'm sorry that I mean, exactly. it, it pushed, even got to the it point pushes somebody good down. Yeah, you know, and when when I did my mock draft with a twist, I had the Saints staying and suggesting that they take Chris Olave just because he he seems like a Saints receiver. Like that that guy just jumps out of mind, a guy who would play for the Saints. They had to trade up for him, and everybody started trading up. And I think that it was just one of those things. And, it, and it's funny because when um, everybody was piling on the Packers for going with the direction they did, I said, you guys, like, please don't. Don't right. don't vic- don't victory lap this because they're going to end up with a stud receiver in the second round and we're going to look stupid. And I like they the guy that they, they, they I like the, I like the guy that they drafted, but it's like they got two I, of my Romeo Dubs was one yeah. of my favorite receivers in the draft. Nevada, yeah, he's a every good time player. I opened my mouth, they would take a player that I was just talking, and it was upsetting. I'm sorry, that's I fine. cut it off. No, 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 it's good. It's, it's fine. I mean, no, perfectly. But that that's a great point. And I think that the Bears also did a very nice job of that, of just adjusting on the fly. Now, listen, if uh, if Chris Olave had fallen to the second round, I could just about guarantee you that they would have drafted him like that. Well, what do you want them to do? And that 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 again goes back to my point of like, what did you want the Bears to do? Who did you want them to sign? What did you want them to do? Put it, on, you, put it in writing now. Let me see what it was. Like, what was your what, was, what was your plan? Save it. I agree like, with I, you. I had, I had ideas. I'm like, I, I would have liked Juju. Um, I think Amari was too expensive. I think, uh, you know, depending on where it was, Auden Tate was a guy I would have liked to have taken a chance on. But again, I'm going to allow the coaches to make that decision. I'm not going to be upset about it. And if, and if Auden Tate goes out and does well, then I might, I might crow about it a little bit, but that's okay. And it's not that big a deal. And it, and it's funny to me too. And I made the joke on your show. We're like, Hey, you know what? The only real knock, against Bayless Jones is that he can rent a car for all the other rookies. Like he's going to be the guy, like the kid in your dorm floor who had a car. Like that's Bayless Jones. Now yes. here's my thing. I feel really bad. And I, I texted one of my friends who's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And I said, I feel bad that you guys got AJ Brown. Like that's a horrible move. And he's like, what do you mean? This guy's a stud. I'm like, well, he's 25 in a couple of weeks. And apparently once you turn 25, you suck. Like you can't yeah, play right. football anymore. And I know it's not an apples to apple comparison, but it's so crazy. When you think of all the guys who have moved teams this year, Devontae Adams, uh, Tyreek Hill, and then of course, AJ Brown. When you think about it, people are like, well, we will be lucky to get, we're only going to get one contract out of Bayless. You're like, yeah, that's the way it works. Like you, you don't get two contracts out of any receivers anymore. Who stays for two contracts? Like Justin, Justin Jefferson's going to be up to be moved here in a, in a couple of, in a year or two. And it's like, I don't care. Like if he comes in and plays awesome for four years and he's 29 and you're like, yeah, okay, fine. Like we'll move on. Like it doesn't matter. Like it- he might actually resign. Like I love how the narrative of these blog boys comes with a historical twist to it. They're never going to stay. It's just like the same thing. Some of these players, like there's no way the guy's going to be there. You got to take, or you can wait till later to get that guy. Yeah. No, that never happens. That never happens. You have to, the thing that I love and not to change it back to polls is that he was so disciplined in his board. A lot of GMs go, we're taking the best player on our board, but the the little prerequisite underneath the asterisk is at a position of need. Yes. When you do that, you start getting into trouble. Just take 
the best players on the board. Go by your rankings. Be disciplined in that. I don't give a crap. I call myself Sammy. I don't give a crap if Johnny from Newburgh, Ohio, and (laughs) this guy from Tallahassee, Florida, that's a Bears fan, tell you different. The, the, The reality is the best teams always stick by their rankings. And you know what? I'm telling you right now. Let me just pontificate on Kyler Gordon. Berlissimo, my father, and Shane, we broke down his tape. And it was just a couple games, Michigan game. There's one play in there, Adam. I swear to God, the dancing and the karate just affect this guy differently. There is an offensive guard that comes on a trap play to kick him out. This guard is a good football player. He's up for some awards in the Big Ten, and he hits him a great shot, folds him. The kid like goes onto a knee, stays up, j- runs and dives and makes the play in a play that is so freakish. Like I've never, ever scouted a corner that could be able to do what he did in that bend and that. And, and then the next play comes where he does another freakish thing. And yeah. this kid is a freak talent. So when polls transparently all offseasons telling the Bears fans, hey, we're going to be this way when it comes to the, the free agency. We're going to yep. be this way when it comes to the draft. We're going to trade around to get try to acquire. He, he's being transparent. He does everything he says. Oh, my God. Love it. And then we're complaining. I got to trust the process. I yeah. step back. I step back and I'm like, I understand where they identified the biggest weakness was the toughness in the secondary of the Chicago Bears. It's not a shot at Justin Fields, you dummies. Yeah, it's not, not, a, it's not, not one enough. shot. Not, not one shot. It's actually our showcase of getting the ball back to your offense. And, and how much they believe in him. Exactly. It's the it's the belief. Like we don't Justin need Fields. Like when you look at what uh the the, the Falcons have with you know, Marcus Mariota, they're like, we got to have a bunch of receivers. Exactly. Zach Wilson in New York, like, <laughs> we got to put as many good offensive players around Zach Wilson because this guy might not have it. And we got to camouflage that. And so if the Bears are out, and, and believe me, like, when people act like we don't have talent on the offensive side, like, we got a thousand yard receiver, which the Packers do not have on their roster right, right. now. I mean, they will. Obviously, Alan Lazard will go out there and have a good year, but still, like, they don't have it. And we have a running back who had a thousand rushing yards. His backup is capable of that would have paced out to that if he had played an entire season. So we're going to have a very, like not conservative, but like we're going to run the ball probably a little bit more establish the run. We still have Darnell Mooney who will be our targets hog. We will have Byron Pringle doing whatever he does to get the like 600, 700 yards and seven touchdowns. We got equanimous. We've got a, a player and I, I, I'm sorry, who was the, the, the one guy I was on? Who, gosh, who was I? Not, not not Kenneth Davis, who I was insulting. I didn't mean to come off like a D. I hope he didn't hate me. I'm like, no, I'm not I'm not bagging. I'm like, I love what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, we should, I don't know. Uh, but the other gentleman who was on with us, who was Sean. talking about, was it Sean? Sean Sierra, right? Right. The, uh, but Matt, was, Waldman. Waldman, Matt Waldman. Waldman, of course. Right. Matt Waldman. Matt sorry. Waldman. Sorry, Matt. Matt's no probably problem. like, it's me, idiot. I'm like, Matt Waldman. <laughs> <laughs> he made the greatest I, – I've been trying to replicate what he was saying because he was talking about the holes in George Pickens' game. And right. that, not that he's not going to go and be a good receiver, but he he's walking into a better situation in Pittsburgh with, with Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson already there. He's not going to be asked to do a lot, and he can kind of learn. Like, if you were – and I, this was Matt Waldman's point about – if you bring in a guy like that who you have to teach to run routes and be disciplined – and do all these different things. It's not going to help Justin Fields as opposed to taking a guy who might be a little bit older, but you already have a very specific game plan for him. And I think that's the difference. I think so many people get so worked up playing Madden or fantasy football, and you just think it's a matter of like throwing all these excellent players out there, and it's just going to be magical. I think teams like the Titans showed you last year, like, and I know that Julio was a limited, but like it's not always about bringing in these all-stars and they're just going to be awesome. If you bring players in with a specific role in mind, I think that's exactly. better for you. 
you know, and it's not. I listen, totally not gonna, agree. Connor Orr's not going to write a story on that, but you know, I think it's better off for the long run. People can come in and clout chase. No, off I think I think you're a hundred percent right, and I think football and a lot of fans forget it because it's a team game, and it's beyond that. It's the ultimate team sport. Everybody has to do something in order for something to be successful. And I think Pickens, to me, the reason why I pushed him far out of my top 10 receivers is because of the, the arrogance, because of the, you know, the ability to get under his skin. Uh, You've seen it with some of these, uh, you saw it with uh, whims in Georgia. Pickens to me was a little risky and, and that's fine. But, to your point, you get a mature guy. And I think, again, going back, actions speak louder than words. So if your GM is speaking the words and the actions are happening to exactly what he said, what he that's exactly the trust that I've been waiting for because there is no advantage to be to being uh, deceitful. There's none. You don't no. build uh, a, a culture doing that. And Matt Nagy's one of his biggest flaws was that he was full of crap. And then at some point, it all catches up with you. So for for me watching this GM, he actually recognized the persons. And what I mean by that is that I think Valus Jones, the man, the young man, Mm -hmm. is much more mature and acclimated to wanting to be great that when he sat across the room, and he runs a 4-3-1 and runs into brick walls and tacklers like they're non-existent, then all of a sudden I'm projecting this personality as well yeah. as this talent, and I'm saying, okay, I'll let the haters hate. We'll see you on Sundays. Because that's the kind of stuff that you're going to get. I already I saw this against Alabama. Valus Jones was – the Rocky Balboa in the ring, you know, and, and that's that. Listen, Shane and I have said this many times on our show. I'll say it here. The Chicago bears have lacked speed and they've lacked a lot of dogs. Yeah. They haven't had a lot of dogs. When's the last David Montgomery is the only dog I can think of on the arm and Mooney. Mooney I was just going to say Darnell Mooney is not a Darnell Mooney is the, I own this. Yeah, just like well, I'm gonna say to Bears fans, I when you before you start talking crap about Valus Jones, they only took one receiver. They signed about seven undrafted yeah. free agent receivers too, which yeah. is a that's a whole other. And you only need draft. and you only need one of those guys to hit like exactly I, I mean, like, you, exactly. Yeah. So why? But with Valus, we need dogs. Yeah, and Darnell Mooney for me when I scouted him that year, and it's credit to Pace and. The, Whoever scouted him, the Southeast scout, whoever it was, I thought this kid's too lean, light. He looks like Bernard Berrien. You ain't going to be able to hold up. He's been the complete opposite of that. He's the toughest receiver I've scouted on the Chicago Bears in the longest of time. I don't even know who I can bring up that would block like him, that goes after people. And I said this analogy, J.P. Holtz was your wing slash fullback. Yeah. This guy blocked better than J.P. Holtz. That's the pro- that's where you have a diamond here. And, and there's no, again, actions and words. There is no, no reason why Bears fans should overlook the one player that Eberflus and Poles continue to bring up is Darnell Mooney. They yeah. keep they've bring uh, out of Love all their t- even the quarterback oh. they yeah. brought up Mooney the most so yeah. I think they might like their receivers more than we may like it's the fine. receivers and that's and it's so big. no it's a great thing and with polls it also reminds me too like one of the things like most annoying things you could do in a poker game is uh, tell everybody what's what your hand is mm-hmm. be like I have pocket tens when you really do <laughs> and then you flip it over. And, you, and it like, it annoys people like, oh, you're, you're telling me exactly. Cause it just, it mind tricks you 
Yes. And I think that's what's happening is polls has told us exactly what he wants to do when he's moving forward, but let's go ahead and answer some of these questions. I know there's been a bunch. I was hoping that we were answering a bunch of your questions already, but Sammy, why don't we go ahead and do this? Oh my gosh. Bears fans, break in. If he's coming in with money, geez, Louise, <laughs> cut us off. It's fine. Uh, what are your guys thought on next year's draft class? Uh, how does the receiver class compare to this year? Anyone else you would like for the bears early? Uh, you know what? I honestly believe that, you know, considering what we've seen out of Ryan polls so far is that no matter where the Bears are picking, we're taking the best player. Because I, I think that, again, one of the things about this year about the freedom is that there was not one position where you're like, we're loaded there. We don't need that player. They went to ev- like everything outside of quarterback, but there was no quarterback in this draft better than Justin Fields. Everything was available. So I think next year, everybody's going to clamor for a wide receiver. But I'm going to tell you right now, we're taking the best player available. I'm right there with you. It's too way too early to even delve into that stuff because it would just be guessing. And I don't do guesses. I try to watch the tape on these guys. So the only guy I can tell you that will be the be- the first player taken off the board. How about that? Yeah, he'll be the defensive end from Alabama, number thirty-one. I think he's a salt redshirt sophomore. Yeah, but this guy, I can't even talk about him yet because we're not allowed okay. as NFL okay. employees. Okay, because well, me me talking about him on my podcast might convince him to jump to the NFL okay. next year because he's clearly not thinking about that. <laughs> clearly doesn't want to play. He's in the never league. once thought about yeah. that. He's like, oh, can I? Am I an NFL prospect? Will I didn't know. Will yes. Anderson, I'll say yeah. it for you. Go ahead. Will. Go ahead. Will Anderson. Will Anderson. I'm just saying. Just remember I, the name. People talk about this. Yeah, he'll be the first one. I'll, I'll tell you this, though. We will not be the first overall pick. No. We're not going to be. We, we, haven't been, we haven't been since the 30s. Like, no matter what has happened to this team over decades, <laughs> we're never the worst team. We never get the number one pick. We've had two a couple of times, but listen, we're not the worst. We're not going to be the worst next year. All right, let's Isn't have the funny. End. We've never had the first. I know. Pick. I don't know we've what. The, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that either. It keeps you away from guys like Troy Aikman or whatever. Um, that would have been the '80s. That wouldn't have been as good. But you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't yeah. know. anyways, uh, what do we got? What's next, Sammy? Serious question. Okay, sorry. I'll put I'll put my coffee down, Jordan. Uh, serious <laughs> question, George, Phil, Adam. Uh, do you think that Bayless Jones is a ball winner, though? When Justin is throwing a deep ball versus San Francisco to try and continue a game-winning drive, can Bayless win at the catch point? Phil, what is your read on that? Well, I mean, this is a sh- it's a a duty of a coaching staff to design plays to be successful for the talent that you have. It's like Matt Nagy was throwing jump balls to Taylor Gabriel. Is that smart? <laughs> No, yeah. and that's the true story. I'm not, it's not a joke. It would baffle my mind. Valus Jones is not his his skill set isn't indicative of lining him one-on-one out there and throwing him fades, jump balls think, in the end. He's zone. not a 50. He doesn't strike yeah. me as a 50-50 guy. No, he's a thir- you know, you're looking at his his vertical jump there. But you know what? Wayne Corbett wasn't a 50-50 ball jumper and I had to I played with this guy and he was able to win those matchups with pride and determination this kid mm-hmm. has those things those traits that I want to see so maybe he might not win a jump ball but he's certainly going to win on a slant and run right over somebody for a first down or a touchdown those are those are two different things and is Cooper Cup winning jump balls in the corner of the end zone no he's separating and getting yeah. that placement to where he is so it's not his game and it, to me that's not what you're going to ask him to do if you're a smart coaching staff and i think they are that with the chicago bears and who knows valus can work one thing i've seen and been able to train kids to do is improve their vertical jump mm-hmm. i've always been able to do that but that's not his skill set and that's fine. And you know what? One of the things that I've noticed about him on the tape is, and I think Ryan Heckerman tweeted this out today, if it's the thing that I retweeted about his, he was one of the best at separation, like yes. getting, like separating from, like watch all of his tape. Like he just is away from the corner. We're going to be breaking him down on tape. And that's exactly the 
the best point is there's no hitch in movement. So if you're a good receiver, you got to have certain things that separate you. uh, Jefferson is able to be an actor at the point of the stem. So he doesn't lose. Justin Jefferson doesn't lose any momentum in his route because he's pretending to go this way and he goes that way fluidly. When you watch Valus Jones, it's the same kind of fluidity in his movements that gets him those separations. And you know what? It's cliche to say a tight end is a quarterback's best friend, right? Yeah. Well, I've always said as a receiver coach that separation is a quarterback's best friend because if you separate, you're giving your quarterback an easy target to hit. You make them look better than they may be, and that's Valus Jones's ability and his his ability to get the kid that we had, Jakeem Grant, I really love coming out of Texas Tech because he had an ability to start, stop, and get going on bubbles. And Nagy didn't figure this out until maybe near the end of the season where they gave him a call. This kid can hit a bubble and just take off. And it's it's not luck when you run a 4-3-1. Do you know how yeah. fast that four three oh, one is incredible. flying? And if he's physically, that's that's pretty impressive. If you have uh, Darnell Mooney and a, a two tough pricks out yeah. there, because Poles likes pricks, yeah. and you get these guys that love the game of football. That's the big thing with Valus. He loves this game, and my father would say it. It's like having the perfect fire in a snowstorm when you have someone that loves the game and has that a talent has that aggressiveness you're cooking with gas there and that's I, i'm excited about that i'm excited you know and, and you talk about a person who could have easily just moved on with his life and just gone and done a number of different things he graduated right. from usc like you know his life is set up for him but he went out there and he expanded his skill set and people will take that as a negative that oh well this guy just had a breakout year at tennessee you're like he had a breakout year in the SEC going up against the best competition that had double the amount of draft picks of any conference. Exactly. And you, it's not like, it's not like he went to North Dakota state right. and put on a show. Like yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot like, listen, and I like these guys. I like sky Moore and I like Christian Watson. And I like a lot of these players, but when you're coming from those small schools, there is still some trepidation. And I love the fact that Bayless went out there against elite competition was the one good player that Tennessee could count on. It reminds me like when I was in, when I was uh, growing up, I would go to like Cal state Fullerton basketball games. Uh, this is back when UNLV was really good. And they had this guy named Cedric Sabalos, who was the only guy who was willing to stand up against the UNLV running rebels and just do everything. And like, was not afraid to get dirty. He went on to actually have a pretty good NBA career. I think players with traits like that, like when yes. you don't shy away, like if you if you play your best against Alabama, like this guy only played great against Alabama. You're like, yeah, like you mean against all that NFL competition? Like that's that's what we want. Exactly. exactly. I have talked myself. I I'm not joking. Like I will wear his jersey. I will. I've been defending him. I was on Total Access on Sunday. And I said, fine, he's going to be Kirkland Debo Samuel. Like, I'm not going to back down from that. They clearly exactly. they cl- clearly have a vision for this young man, and I can't wait to see it. And I, I can't wait to see it. A lot of people, it. sorry, a lot of people, you know, ask me, well, you know, why didn't you talk him up before the draft? And, and say, I was looking at how my board ranks. Valus Jones was number 13 on my board. Mm-hmm. Valus Jones, that's how I ranked him. But the... I have to analyze the skill set. And this was the deep, one of the deepest wide receiver classes that I've ever, you know, scouted in a long time in regards to, to where I saw things. And Valus Jones being 12th with a, a first round that took six, what do they take? Six or seven in the first round receivers. At so, least six, yeah. So you're looking at a reality of all I can tell you is what I see on the tape. And yeah. Valus Jones to me was a second, third round pick. Where did he go? Third round pick. Now Valus Jones decides how he's going to be, but that's never going to take away the intangibles and the toughness 
and the things like that. And I always prerequisite this by saying the quarterback play sometimes tilts the kind of analysis you want. So you have to put that into your film breakdown because the kid that transferred from Michigan to Tennessee, he's not that great of an anticipating thrower. So Bayless could even be even better. So again, (laughs) that one thing though, I'm going to go back to this one last time. Sorry. And I'll be saying it again tonight. Ryan Poles sitting down with all these players they love the person that Valus is. And if I yeah. had that opportunity, Adam, and say Adam's Valus, I leave the situation with Adam, as you guys know how I feel about him, saying this is a guy that we need on my phone. So that third round ranking goes to second round rank. And that's how right. that's the piece that I don't have with the tape. You know what I'm saying? So right. I always try to tell people I only could go by the tape to tell you what I like. And Valus Jones, the person, is going to make other people, you know, regret what they passed up on, I guess. So I don't know that guy yet. We're going to find out who he is. We're going we're gonna to find out soon, and they will be reporting on Friday, and then we'll get more interviews. And that was one of the things that Ryan Poles was talking about. He's like, hey, these guys will be here soon. He's like, I would like, he was asking the members of the media, I would like to get your, imp- tell me your impressions of these players when you get a chance to meet them. And I think that character counts for a lot of the stuff they were picking for. And I think that's why a player like, and no disrespect to George Pickens, but you know what? I think the bears had their evaluations set up the way they wanted to and the kind of mindset and mentality. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. All right. Next question, please. I know we're talking a lot. Listen, we got a whole off season to answer a lot of these questions. So uh, if Justin Fields doesn't have better numbers than Mitch Trubisky did in his second year, uh, should we be worried about him or the coaching staff? I, I, it, it depends on what your job. I, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people keep pointing to about like, well, this is an evaluation year. And I'm like, I don't think that they're going to be moving off Justin Fields after one year, because let's be honest, this is basically his first year. He he's going to be given an opportunity. I don't think the numbers matter as much, but I think that we will be able to see in this offense, in a simplified version of an offense that's tailored for his skill set, whether he's a player or not. And I don't think the numbers matter, but I think that you will watch the games and know if this is our guy or not. And I think, Phil, that's probably the best way to look at it. You knocked it out of the park. That I can't even – you said it exactly how <laughs> right. I thought. Seriously, forget the numbers. Yeah, Is he passing your eyeball test? Don't go to the Trubisky method because Trubisky versus Mike Glennon was like Clubber uh, Lang versus Mickey in the movie. It's yeah. like ridiculous, right? So it's a whole different story, a whole different anatomy. And the one thing I will say is that Justin Fields is not Josh Rosen. Justin yeah. Fields is the future. And you're going to end up seeing what he is on the tape. That's the truth. Forget the numbers. Yeah, don't worry about the numbers. And I know that there was a a number of like fantasy people who are upset about certain. Let fantasy people be worried about fantasy numbers. I think, and if everything works out with the defense and the, the way they want to control the football, we're going to run the ball a lot. We got two quality running backs. We're probably going to run the ball more than a lot of teams. It's going to be all right. Don't worry about the numbers. But again, you'll 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 have a read on Justin Fields one way or the other. Not that you'll give up on him. But there'll be some things where you're like, well, they need to correct this or something. But I think that, again, year three is what they're anticipating. Although, again, I don't want to throw away year two. And we'll see what happens. Sammy, what do we got next? Uh, Berlissimo question. Does Elijah Hicks have the potential to be the best value pick of the draft? If not, who is your best bet for best pick of the draft for the Bears? Uh, What do you think, Phil? Yeah, I think Elijah Hicks has a lot to offer this football team. Just again, that personality check where character is a bigger uh, prerequisite than maybe other, maybe ever since Mike Ditka. That's what I'm seeing when it comes to the personalities of these players that drafted. For me, my favorite pick is Brisker by a long 
margin. I, I think he's going to be a superstar in Chicago. I think he's got that Mike Brown, Brian Urlacher. If they had a baby, that would yeah. be who Brisker is. I think a lot of people are going to realize what kind of personality. This kid is a, an alpha, and he plays big time. I mean, you are going to be excited about the way he physically plays the game of football, and he's very smart intellectual when it comes to the acumen he's going to communicate and be the leader where one guy is talking about tackling doesn't matter this guy it starts with tackling that to me is going to be a win for the chicago bears i'm stoked yeah we got brisker here in chicago i mean i can't can't express it enough this is a big big moment for me to see this kind of player at the back end yeah, Brisker is the one who I was caught off guard. And again, I mentioned that before. Like, I I'll be honest with you. Again, I'm I still skew towards fantasy. I knew obviously I watched Pac 12 football. So I knew who Kyler Gordon was. Right. And obviously Valus. Brisker, who over the last couple of days really getting to know is quickly becoming one of my favorite players. And I can't wait to see him get out there coming from a program like Penn State. I honestly honestly believe that this is going to be one of those situations where we walk out of this second round and we look back and be like, how did this, how did this happen? Like how do the bears end up with these two guys? And it's probably going to be a problem in four years, figuring out who can we keep, who can we can hopefully it'll be both. Um, But I think both these guys, I I love both of our second round picks. I've really taken to Valus. I'm so happy that that kid made me talk positively about Valus and Twitter. So if anybody needs to go out there, because I was like, again, I, Special teams guy, but the more you watch him in Tennessee, the more that you like him. And then a lot of the day three guys, listen, Berlismo, you know more. I'm going to listen. I'm going to defer to you. I need to go back and watch a lot of these guys. I didn't watch a lot of college football, so I'm getting to know them quickly, trying to ramp up as quickly as possible. But I will go back and check. And uh, over the next couple of weeks, that's going to be the good part of this is that we'll have opportunities to go back and uh, and watch a little bit more because we've got a while now. Uh, before the season starts, but we will not take a while for the next question. Uh, what do we got? What do we got, Sammy? Connor asks, hey, Adam, for the undrafted free agents we picked up, who do you think has the best chance to make the team? Without going into specifics, again, this goes back to the plan. And I think this is one of the things that you need to start doing when you're evaluating teams and what they do in the draft is right. you, you, you look at the Lions. And I think the Lions, it was very transparent what their plan was. Like, they knew what they were doing, what they wanted to accomplish. They did it. The Giants and the Jets all had a direction that they wanted to go, and they went out and did it. Now, is Thibodeau going to be a good player? Is Jamison Williams going to be a good player? That'll be decided over the next couple of years. But if you're judging this on what was our attack plan, I think that that was very well done. And I think similarly – The Bears did a very nice job where they knew how deep this wide receiver class was. And with so many top heavy guys, that pit that pushed guys who would have been fifth, sixth round picks years ago into that undrafted talent pool. And I think again, bringing in so many understanding that like, you don't, you don't need to hit the big one. Like you hit one of them. And I think it's off. I have not identified my favorite player as of yet, but I think that, again, I'm just going to take the approach. One of these guys is going to stand out. We will start to see it on Friday, and then I will cheat and make my evaluation that way. But was there a guy, Phil, that you saw, like, I'm so glad we signed him? Well, we broke down one secretly. Barelissimo ended up pulling out the tape of Gene, uh, what's his name? Gene DeLance from Florida, who was a, a tackle at Florida, but he projects inside and, there's a showcase of him playing against my guy from Alabama, who I won't say again, but no, 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 you can say, and you could see the power and the traits that you want to see. So, so again, Richard Dent was drafted in the eighth round. I always use that as an example. There is no more eighth round. So yeah. you get some of these players that get pushed down or they're from small schools or they were a backup somewhere. You're going to see the other kid was the receiver from uh, where is he? I wrote him down in my note. Oh, God. I'm sorry. 
No, it's okay. But again, like it's still listen, a lot of these guys are up in Landon the Lenore as a receiver okay. from Southern Illinois. Bigger targets, silky smooth. See what he kind of brings. And the kid from Wisconsin, Sandberg. He, yeah. He plays Mike Linebacker. You want to see what he does when he's in, you know, the the competition there. So the, those are some undrafteds. We're going to break down a lot of undrafteds with the tape and, and bring it to your attention. But obviously the draft picks are going to take highest priority of breaking them down on the tape. Never lies network, Adam. Yes, sir. And I know we're getting close because you got to go. Okay. We got seven go. minutes. I got, I got seven. Minutes. Oh, listen, we won't in heaven. Remember that game back in the day. Oh my God. I remember. <laughs> I remember. Um, so let's not waste any more time. What, what's the next question, Sammy? Uh, for Phil, uh, I have a hunch that Braxton Jones is a better fit for left tackle than Borum. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I like Braxton Jones, but what do you think? Yeah, I like Braxton Jones. Uh, I think Tevin Jenkins is going to end up being your left tackle. I It's springtime and everyone's pining or schmoozing this. I, I think this is how they want to set it up. You put people as a coach – this has been my philosophy. I would always put guys in uncomfortable z- positions in the spring so that they would be ready in c- if they had to move somewhere else when it, you know, the real bullets were flying. I'm just under the impression looking at the two of these players, Borum and Jenkins, that Jenkins is the better left tackle. That's how I've scouted it. I've stood by that. You can check out my tape analysis on our YouTube channel of him. He is a dancing bear. Uh, obviously, when he had the opportunity against the Vikings, he held his own and really did yeah. a great job that second game. Obviously, thrust into action on the night where Peters goes out on the third play or whatever, and he's coming off back surgery and was out forever. That's a tough situation. And people, fans, Bears fans were killing him for it. And then the next week, with a week of preparation to start, he held his own and showed the kind of improvement that I want to see as an offensive line coach. So how they do that, Borum, is no, that's no slight on Borum. I just think yeah. he's a better right tackle. Uh, he got beat a lot and needs a lot of improvement in his game as well. So the fact that they took these guys is a showcase of confidence, but at the same time, they're bringing competition in there. And Braxton Jones has a lot of ceiling to him he's got the right traits long arms and the ability to play left tackle how this competition plays out is what i love the most because there's no more politics with the bears it's all about performance and they are going to get the right five offensive linemen they're going to get the right running back they're going to let the running back stay out there after yeah. he runs over two people for 15 he's not going to come out of the game He's going to stay in there. Imagine his numbers. If he actually was given the right amount of carries, you imagine fantasy analysts around the oh world. My gosh. I would love him. I love David. Ma- yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. That was always, yeah, the most, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. Like that's where I think you need to be more of a gamer. Cause like yes. when you're playing Matt, I used to always play the college football game a lot. And I would oh, like, I loved it. I would, I would run my running backs into the ground. <laughs> Like, why can't this guy barely had him have the hamstring guy? Yeah, the hamstring guy coming up. Uh, all that good stuff. All right, let's do uh, let's do another question where we send you on your way. Uh, if you could give up one of the guys we drafted for another receiver in the draft, who do you think that guy would be? I don't know. I honestly, I think that I don't know. I'll let you answer. I wouldn't get like our two second round picks. I'm sold. I'm in, I'm 100% in. And who is available? There was not a receiver drafted after Bayless Jones where I was like, we definitely should have drafted him instead. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult – I get what he's trying to say. I absolutely love Traylon Burks. So yeah. whoever you want to trade except Brisker, I keep Brisker. As much as I like love Kyler Gordon, sure. I'm with you for the record. But if we're going to play the game, I'll play the game with you. I, I would trade, you know, but Traylon well, Burks had already been gone. Yeah, if it's a one-on-one swap yes, for somebody like, one, oh. There's I'll no take, rules he I'll he take Jamison Williams then. Why okay, not? Okay, so you take Jay. I would take Traylon Burks over Kyler to play the game with you. 
I can't wait for Jamison Williams to request a trade. He's going to be in Connor Orr's transfer <laughs> portal in the next couple of weeks. Connor Orr, write this. Jamison Williams. I want I want Connor Orr to write that column. Yes. Like, hey, like Jamison Williams would benefit from being able to back out of the draft, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Now, listen, I want to let you go right now. Oh, Normally, man. I would bleed in to the nine o'clock hour, but out of right. deference and respect to the Tape Never Lies Network, I'm going to let you go, uh, but not before you do a couple of plugs. Yes. I'm not going to stick around a lot, although I will ask everybody, if you enjoyed this show, type in the word sick. Would appreciate that. But, uh, Phil, any last words before you – by the way, appreciate you doing this. Uh, I know man. We, we don't normally compete for your time. Like, we're – we're not a bear down. This cut. is my fault that I had to do it on a Tuesday night. I don't want to compete with you because I never, I have nothing but respect and love for all of you guys here with the six Sammy yeah. and his dad, as well as you, Adam, you are my boy for life. You're actually coming on our show next week. We'll be so on next week. It'll be yeah. me and you. Look These at are- that. These are all starting to come due. I'm going to do, and I'm, I, I was teasing Bear Down Cuz for a moment there. That was his callback to your show uh, where you're telling him, like, why are we competing? Uh, I will be on with him soon, too. But yeah, next Wednesday, I'll be on the Tape Never Lies Network. There you go. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to upset, you know, some of the people in this house by doing it, but I don't care because I owe you. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. And I'm looking forward to watching your show tonight. So, yes, uh, we got Courtney Cronin of ESPN Chicago. She's going to hold court, Adam. Love She's going to go over the whole Chicago Bears draft with us. I love you guys. Love you, Adam. Love you. Love you. you. Want to jump over there. Once Adam's show's done, I'm yeah. sure our intro will be long enough for Adam to wrap Fili- up. Filibuster a little bit. I'll say some nice things about you and plug the show for Thursday. But uh, go do your thing. All right. We'll see you next me. week on the Tape Never Lies Network. There he goes. The great draft doctor, Phil. I cut him off. Because sometimes you got to. He's got to go do his show. I uh, want to thank everybody uh, who left questions. Listen, we got a long off season. We will get to more questions. When Phil and I get together, it's going to be one of those things that we spend way too much time talking. And that's, you know, that's a that's a trait of ours. So I want to thank everybody who uh, stuck around. But I do want to tell you, Thursday, we're going to have a very special guest on. Uh, Jeff Joniak. The voice of the Chicago Bears is scheduled to be with us on Thursday to talk about all things Chicago Bears, what's going on with the draft. We will preview what's going to be going on Friday. And of course, over the next couple of weeks and next couple of months, you know, we'll really be able to deep dive into some of these receivers and a lot of these undrafted players and some of these guys who I'll be honest with you still need to go out and scout a little bit harder now that they're members of the Chicago Bears. I don't want to sit here and BS you and give you some fluff answer about you know something i know nothing about and so we're going to be deep diving into all those guys we'll probably bring in or hopefully we'll be able to bring in berlissimo and people like that really take a look at what this roster is going to be like but of course what i saw out of the draft i am very encouraged and you should be as well when i go out there it's not lip service when mitch trubisky was drafted I was very vocal about how I did not like that pick. I liked Deshaun Watson. I liked Patrick Mahomes more than him. But really, and this is on the field only, um, like Deshaun Watson a little bit more. So I am not afraid to criticize this Bears team. Similarly, I was not afraid to say that I wanted to go offense with the first two picks in the draft. I even said, I don't want to draft a cornerback. But then when we did our show last Thursday, the podcast, I knew we were drafting a cornerback because I knew the way the board fell that a lot of good corners moved down. And I thought it was going to be Andy Booth, but it turned out to be Kyler Gordon, which is fine. I will take Kyler Gordon. I just, you know what? Sometimes you got to be smart and read the room and see what's happening. I think the Bears are in a pretty good place. I think that putting together the best possible team is better than going out there and satiating some people by drafting receivers who you're not completely sold on. So I think it's going to be okay. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about this. Want to thank everybody for joining us here tonight. Thank you to draft. What's going on? Oh, you're too kind. No, of course, Felipe, I will shout out all the international fans. We have great fans around the globe. Chicago is one of those worldwide brands. We appreciate all of you in places far from home who are rooting for the Chicago bears. We love the fact that you are so, so passionate about this team 
and continue to support it. You're sitting here in the off season, watching us talk about this team. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much uh, for joining us here tonight. And thanks to everybody. Thanks to Sammy and everybody for putting this show together. We're going to wrap up right now. Get ready to go and jump over to the Tape Never Lies Network. And for me, for Sammy, why don't you go ahead and play us out? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.